Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Good Question. I'm your host, Daniel Welch, and today's episode is, uh, we're going to talk a little, but the question is going to be a little more geared towards things that worry you today, and uh, I'm also going to give you my official rundown and review of the return to theme park life. I attended Universal Orlando Resort today, and I'm going to tell you all about it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, folks, because this is the good question. All right, team. How is everybody doing out there? P.S. That is not the question of the day. There is another question for today. That is just generic. I want to give you guys a real quick heads up here. Also, thank you so much for putting up with my episode releasing so much later today. Normally, I release them around 9 to 10 o'clock in the morning, sometimes 11, 12, kind of depending. Uh, but I usually don't release an episode close to like 5 or 6 p.m. So if you're listening now... Thank you so much for being patient with today. I have a very good reason for it, and we will jump into it in just a moment. Um, But I also want to give you guys another quick heads up. We are getting some storms where I'm at right now, so there might be some thunder in the background. I just want to give you that heads up. I'm not going to stop recording because, hey, it's ambient background music, So and nature's providing it. So thank you so much for that. All right, team. Well, what we're going to do is let's jump into the question of the day, and that is going to lead perfectly into my topic for today, which is I, I did return to theme parks today. I returned to uh, experience what a post-COVID-19 theme park experience looked like. I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's some stories there. Uh, so let's do our question of the day first. Our question today is, uh, what is something that made you worry today? What is something that made you worry today? Um, for me, it, it was honestly, it, first of all, we, we kind of spur the moment, my roommate and I had a spur of the moment plan yesterday that we were going to go to Universal today. We kept seeing on people's timelines that it's good right now, the crowds are light, uh, the measures that were all in place are working. So we'd heard all these things. So we thought, well, why don't we go see them for ourselves? I already had an annual pass, so it made sense. Uh, it was active again because now the park opened again. It opened on the 5th officially to the public. So um, we thought, well, why not? So he went ahead and got an annual pass last night, late last night. And uh, we went to Universal this morning. So uh, that was the one thing that worried me about today. The one thing that worried me about today was the fact that we were going to be going to a theme park life during a time where there's a virus out and about, right? Because we've been so careful. And so this is really going to place us outside of our comfort zone just a little bit and uh, force us to test how things are operating and put us into a situation that is not our necessarily within our control. So that did worry me today. I did also say to myself that if I got there and it did not feel safe, it did not feel um, organized, I guess, that I wasn't going to stay because I'm not going to stay in a situation that's going to put me in harm's way or anybody I know or even you know people I don't know. You can be a danger to somebody without even knowing it. So, now, 
let me talk to you about the return to theme park life. You, I, you know, I read all the articles. I had seen all the pictures. I've watched all the videos. But you don't know what it's like until you do it for yourself. And uh, I got to say, guys, I am shook in all the best ways. I am shook in all of the best ways possible for this return to theme park life. I was skeptical. But I also had my opinions that I'd been reading from posts about people who are like, we're so worried. It, it, it's it, If you guys want to get sick, it's on you. We're not going to go for a while. And and my response to them has always been, okay, cool, don't go. Like, it, no one's forcing you to go. No one's forcing your hand to go. Uh, no one is making you do something you absolutely do not want to do. So today was completely voluntary. Roommate and I were just ready to get back out there. You know, we've been inside like everybody else uh, since mid-March. You know, we go out once a week to go get groceries and that's it. And even then that takes us about an hour and then we, we're back home, you know. So when we look at the grand scheme of things, we've been keeping the house clean. We've been keeping everything clean. We've been very, very, very responsible and very careful. So let's talk about the return to theme park life. We got in the car. We headed out. It only took us like 20 to 25 minutes from where we are. Um, we, we live in an area that's actually pretty easy for us to get up to Universal. So, again, this is Universal Orlando Resort. This is not Disney. Disney World does not officially open until next month. So we went to the competitor, which we like. And I think it's okay to like the competition. We get there. And uh, there, you know, we got there around, I want to say about 8.30, 8.45-ish, 8.30, 8 I didn't look at the time exactly. I, I think it was closer to 8.30. We pulled to the parking garage area, and the lines are just crazy, okay? Uh, big lines, and we're like, oh, my goodness, is this how the day's going to go? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, while we're waiting to get through the turnstile or the toll plaza to get into the parking garage, there are signs that are LED signs that are giving, you know, the parking rates. But it's also telling you, you know, the kennel is not available for those who bring their dogs with them who are on vacation. And it also gives a very basic overview of what's going to happen. You're going to have a temperature screening up ahead. You're going to have a... Um, your bag check like normal, all that kind of stuff. And safety measures are all in place. Cool. No worries. So we get up to the front. We pay our fee. We drive into the garage. The garage is organized so well. I love it. It's every other parking space. So you've got that social distance in place. So by the time we are pulling in behind a vehicle, that vehicle has long since been emptied and left. But we're also two spaces away from the other vehicle that's next to us. So we can get out of the car, we can get the masks on, we can do all that stuff, get ready to go for the day, and we're not next to anybody, and then we head into the park, okay? Or we head to the temperature screen. So we get the car parked already, at like parking, breeze, not even a problem, a breeze. That's say maybe five minutes and we were through the lines and parked. We get up, there's a small line for the temperature screening, but there's enough team members there that the lines constantly move. We did not stay still. There was a little line there, not that big a deal. And we, we walk up, scan, thank you, walk, scan, thank you. Like it was super fast. My roommate and I were through the temperature screen combined between the two of us, I'd say maybe in like a minute. 
literally a minute and like less than 60 seconds. And we were through. Um, and then there was markers all over the ground telling you, you know, stand here, stand here, stand here. They were blue, which is a nice soft color. I love the color. Um, I'm glad they didn't choose like green or red or something like that. It, it, it would make people angry. Uh, even yellow. I, I like the blue. It's a soft tone, but it's easy to see it pops on that red pavement. So um, again, I'll be curious to see what Disney does. Uh, but Universal, that's the color they chose for all of their markings. It's blue and white, and I like it. I think it worked very well for them. Um, then we get to the bag check, which was normal. Bag check was all like normal. They were distancing people through the bag lines. Perfect. Got through that bag line very, very quickly. And then it came time for him to go redeem his annual pass. He had to get the voucher and return it into an actual card that he could use. We went to the guest service line. We started on the Universal Orlando side. We debated on whether or not to start on Islands of Adventure or Universal Orlando. We went for Universal Orlando because we figured a lot of people were going to go to Islands of Adventure to start with trying to get the virtual queuing process for Hagrid's motorbike adventure. Um... To my surprise, before I even got through CityWalk, everybody has to go through CityWalk to get to Universal, uh, whatever theme park you're going to. And I was able to access the Universal app. Again, this was at about 8.45 to 8.55, somewhere right in that time frame. I was able to open up the app, hit Virtual Queue Experience. There's a little section for it. And select a Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure for like 10.50. AM. And I was like, shoot, yeah. So you just hit the virtual queuing experience, which one you want, and it'll populate. You have to designate how many people are in your party. So we move that slider to two, and then it populates the times that are available. There were a lot of times. Okay. So, and mind you, we didn't have to be in the park. We just had to be in the vicinity of the park. So like I said, I was walking through City Walk uh, by the guest services and the Cinnabon and all that um, uh, area there. We hadn't even turned right to head towards Universal yet. And we went ahead and selected Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. I was like, this is the one we want to grab first because everybody's going to go for it. So we grabbed that. And then we went to the front. There was nobody in line for guest services. We walked right up. He got his annual pass. I uh, had him check mine because with the shutdown, I wasn't sure where my pass expired. I didn't sure. I wasn't sure what happened there. So um, I have plenty of time on it, by the way. So if you ever want to go, just hit me up. Uh, <laughs> so we got through there. We get past guest services. They're letting people into the park. It was nine or I'm sorry. It was 855. I think when I looked, so we were five minutes before the official park opening, they were already letting people in. And that was awesome. We walked up to the um, turnstiles, which if you have ever been to Universal, you know they scan your card or your ticket, and then you put your finger down. They were not doing the finger scanning. It's just scanning your card and you're in. So we'll see how Disney responds with their magic bands and touch points. Uh, it seems like the more logical approach would be to just scan your band and head on in, but we'll see again. We'll see how that all works. Um, so far to this point, of entering the park from parking to entering the park universal gets an a a plus because they kept everybody we came in contact with super friendly everybody we came in contact with you could genuinely tell they wanted you to be there they liked that you were there you felt welcome you felt like you you could see the smile through the mask and that was very important you can see the smile through the mask now this is a theme 
that stayed the entire day. It stayed the whole day. And my roommate and I tested a few different areas because I wanted to see. So, so far, I don't feel, I'm not worried anymore. I got to the park entrance. I'm not worried yet. We haven't hit any attractions yet. So there's still room for error there. But I'm not worried anymore. The sense of fear is pulled away and I'm being immersed back into the storyline of going to theme park life in a safer, effective manner. So we get into the park and we start to head over to Diagon Alley. Okay, We're watching distancing measures on each of the attractions as we're passing by them. We are being greeted by cast members, or I say cast members, team members, uh, all along the way. And again, pleasant as can be. They were helping people understand. Um, they were enforcing the masks. That was very important. One thing we noticed all throughout the day, we were there for just about eight hours. One thing we noticed the entire time we were there was that team members were taking the masks seriously. Okay. There were a few guests that were trying to abuse that privileges. And most of the time, what we found uh, in our experience watching that was that it was teenagers teenagers with their friends who were trying to abuse the privilege or trying to abuse the mask rule. They would have it hanging down past their chin, you know, on their neck. It was on their, the, the straps were on their ears, but it was down there. Uh, some of them were only covering their mouth. They were leaving the nose exposed and cast uh, team members there. I always keep saying cast members, um, team members were very, very, very polite, not confrontational. They were just kindly reminding them, hey guys, just as a safety measure, you know, make sure the mask is above the nose. Make sure it's covering the nose. And I didn't really see any pushback from that. Um, even after they'd passed the team members, you didn't really see that vibe. So that was, that was important to me because that means that Universal is taking it very seriously with the fact of going, hey, guys, just make sure that as a safety reminder, you know, keep your keep the mask does for effectiveness. It needs to be from the crown of the nose uh, to underneath the chin type ordeal. Uh, guys, also, side note for the mask ordeal, because uh, I know this was something that was on everybody's mind. How was the mask in a very hot day? You know, it's the middle of summer. And if you've ever been to Florida during the summer, you know how hot it is down here. It is very, very hot. And then you add humidity and now you're covering your face. I have to say, not bad. Uh, it wasn't bad. Um, like I say, there were a few people trying to abuse the rule. There were a few people that were trying to abuse it and, and keep it down, but they were being called out and corrected and they would fix it immediately. No one was really arguing the point. They understood that this was something that everybody had to do. They weren't being singled out. I mean, like, you are the only one who has to wear your mask. Everybody was on the same page. They understood that everybody had to wear a mask, and so they were following the rules. So, again, like I say, I don't know. This could change daily. But from what we saw today, everywhere we went, the mask was being enforced, and everybody was being good uh, about it. Now, one thing I will say about the mask that does, it's going to present a little bit of a learning challenge for some people. It is a little more challenging to hear somebody and to talk to them in return. So consequently, you have to enunciate. You're going to have to get used to raising the voice just a little, not a lot, not yelling, but just a little more. And you have to enunciate your words. You're going to have to sound them out. Instead of just being like, we're resistant, the rise of the resistance, you're going to have to be like, welcome to rise of the resistance. Like you're going to have to build it up. 
um, and, and you have to enunciate, otherwise you're not going to be able to hear. Um, and, and most, for the most part, the team members knew this and were doing very well. I, there was very few times where I had to ask a team member, what was that you said? There were very few times for that. Uh, I think I actually, a team member, I only had to ask once. And it was when we boarded the Hogwarts Express to head to Hogsmeade from King's Cross Station. Um, he was just, he was very low. And so he was telling us what cabin to go into in the train. And I do remember I had to ask him one more time. I was just like, I'm so sorry, I didn't hear you. What, what was the cabin? And then he repeated it. And his response was themed and it was excellent. So he didn't even make me mad. I just laughed and I, then I, we got in the cabin and I told my roommate what the, what he had said. Um, he said F as in flume powder. Uh, and I, I thought it was just funny because he was staying in theming. He was not upset that I had to ask him the question again. And he, he totally delivered. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. And we walked inside. Now the social distancing measure in the queues for the attractions. I love them so much. I cannot say it enough. I will not say it enough. Um, I love it. The social distancing measures in the attraction queues, phenomenal. Okay, absolutely phenomenal. Team members were doing very well with asking whenever I had questions. I did have some issues with the app. The app was where we reserved virtual queuing experiences, which combined between my roommate and I, we alternated. You can't, we, we, we found that maybe this was a glitch for today and team members couldn't really help us out with this because they also said that this was very new for them. They were politely, every time I walk up to one, I'd be like, Hey, just a real quick question for you on the virtual queue. And I posed it as if I've, I've tried going this route and I've noticed that it's not populating certain things. Is that normal or is that just growing pains from this being a new process. And they were very polite in their responses was saying, yes, these are growing pains. And they said, on it, we're going to be really honest with you as well. We're still learning it as well. So it's all very new. And I, I respect that. I'm not even mad at that. I respect it. So be patient with the virtual queuing process. Um, sometimes it's going to work a lot better than others, but a lot think of my Disney experience. My Disney experience had to go through the same growing pains with FastPass Plus. It's similar to that process. What we found is if it said it was unavailable, we would hard close the app on the phone, reboot, come back into it, and sometimes new times would populate. So we just say, don't give up, just keep going. You know, Again, you can't do it from home. You have to do it within the vicinity of the park, so usually right around CityWalk area is when you can start looking for virtual queuing. One thing we did find as well, we could not have multiple virtual queues happening at the same time on our phones. Again, we don't know if that's normal. Even the team members don't know if you can have multiple. So if you try to ask a team member, most of the time they're probably going to say, we're still learning the system as well. So we're not a hundred percent sure if it's going to allow you to, if you have multiple people you're traveling with, this is the perfect opportunity to just go ahead and do it. Sync up one person on each phone. You don't have to link anybody through the app. Like my Disney experience the app is only asking you how many is in your party. It's not asking you who's in your party. So if you're with like a group of four, all four of you can select a virtual queue experience for four different attractions, one right after the other, if you really wanted to. You have a 30-minute return window too. So when you select your view time or when you select your boarding time, it's a 30-minute window. 
So we have, and it's such a small part, guys. If it takes you longer than 30 minutes to get from point A to point B, then you may not be doing it right, okay? Also keep in mind travel time. You know, our first our first virtual queue experience, technically, that we made was for Hagrid's, but we were entering in the other park. So we were like, okay, cool. Well, we know we want to go on the Hogwarts Express to Hogsmeade, so we knew we were going to have to allocate time for that. Well, what we didn't know is when we got into um, Diagon Alley, sorry, I've blanked out there. I didn't know what the name of that was. Diagon Alley, um, my roommate pulls up his phone, opens the app, and he was pretty much within like 30 minutes able to get a time. Uh, thir- well, not within 30 minutes. He was able to get one immediately for 30 minutes from that time for Gringotts. And we said, well, the only variable is the Hogwarts Express. If the Hogwarts Express takes too long, there's, we run the risk of being late and or missing Hagrid's. It was a risk we were willing to take, and I'm glad we did. So we jumped on Gringotts within 30 minutes of arriving to Diagon Alley with the virtual queue. The one thing I will say, that I and I'm, I'm marking Universal down by like one grade point. So up until this point, it's been an A-plus experience. I'm marking it down to an A on this, but I understand why they did it. They are taking all of the pre-show elements out of the attractions. So for Gringotts, you know, if you've ridden Gringotts, you have seen that they they have like two pre-show areas. I think it's two pre-show areas in there where they're basically setting up the story. And then you move to the elevators where they set up the store in the elevators. Those are not active. So all the doors are open. Now, in saying that, when we redeemed our virtual queue and we walked right on in, there were social there were social distancing markers all over the queue line. But because of the time it was, we never stopped. We just kept going. We stopped once right around the time where we got the 3D glasses at the base of the stairs. If you've been on the ride, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there, there are stairs. <laughs> it's a spiral staircase that leads up to the loading area for the attraction. Um, one thing that we noticed throughout the day as well was, uh, yeah, we, we basically, once you had your virtual queuing spot, you, for the most part, the attractions are walk-on. For the most part. Do not quote me on that entirely because there are certain exceptions. Um, Gringotts, yes, we pretty much walked on to Gringotts. Um because of how many people were there at the time. Before you board an attraction, you get hand sanitized. They sanitize everybody in your party. The team members there with a bottle just before you board the vehicles. So you're sanitized. On coasters, and pretty much for every ride vehicle we were on today, you're skipping every other row. So on Gringotts, there was first row and third row. So they just basically aren't filling up the third row. Or the, the, the middle row, sorry, the second row. So for us, it was party of two, we were on row three, and then there was a party of one on row one, and that was it. So you can see how already the efficiency of certain attractions are already cut in half, but also from the 50-50, you know, we're already 50% cut on that one. Our ride vehicle is even more cut in half from the half it was already at 10. So there were only three people being sent out on our car. So... When you look at it from that perspective, that's where things can probably get a little tricky uh, because you want to maximize the amount of people that can get on the ride, but you've got to be safe about it. Never once, even still to this moment, was I unimpressed. The ride is still absolutely astounding. 
the safety measures that were put in place, I applaud them. And I think the team members are doing the best they can under the circumstances. I think that they're being nice about it. Everybody's being friendly about it. Everybody we came in contact with was informative. And if they didn't know the answer, they were just honest and said, look, and, and they were honest with me. And they said, we just don't have the answer right now because this is still a learning process that we are trying to navigate to. So I applaud it. Um, so that was the story with every attraction, every attraction before you board the vehicle, you're being sanitized. So you're, you're keeping those hands clean. And there were ample stations all around the park that you could sanitize and all the restrooms, of course, were open that you could go wash your hands. People were being smart. We did see that the bathrooms were basically staying, um, pretty busy, you know, for the most part, it's a theme park, but you know, you could see there were lots of people going around sanitizing that were team members sanitizing everywhere. And that to me is important. That sends a very strong message. That sends a message that they care. That sends a message that they're doing the right thing. So kudos last, but not least, we did visit the three broomsticks. We wanted to visit a food and beverage location because we wanted to see what happens here now universal you know and knocked them down to an a because they pulled out pre-show elements from the attractions okay cool then it bumped back up to an a plus i'm dropping it back down to an a they're losing a point again because of their food and beverage experience part of it is the app and i don't blame the team members the other part is not the team members or not the app. The other part is the team members. Here's what happened. So most all of their dining locations like quick service and things like that have a uh, mobile ordering through the app. The app is not explicitly telling you to mobile order and there is no signage in front of the dining location saying mobile order. So we did not know. So we stood in the line outside the three broomsticks and then we got up to the front and because we overheard somebody asking about um, measures of can we mobile order, that's the only way we looked into it. Okay. And then we asked somebody about it as we were being seated. Now the quick service locations, you're not ordering with a cast member. You have a cast member who's taking you to a table that has been distanced properly. And then you place your order while you're in line and then while you're at the table, they get a number that appears on your phone and match it with the table number that you have. So somebody's bringing your food to you. I love it. I think it's great. The only reason I'm knocking them down is it needs to be communicated that you have to mobile order. That's it. That's all. That's my only complaint. Other than that, it worked out great. We mobile ordered, had the food brought to us. It was a fantastic experience. I wouldn't change it. It was nice. But it needs to be communicated, the mobile ordering. Otherwise, people are just going to waste their time. That's it. So overall, guys, uh, Universal Orlando Resort, I felt safe. I will give them an overall rating of an A. Overall, they did a fantastic job. They kept me in the loop. They made sure that I was safe across the board. I really felt the attentiveness of the team members. I felt the safety measures in place. And for the most part, the guests were following along. They were paying attention to the markers on the ground. You had a few here and there that were not reading the markers that just kept walking past them and were standing right behind other people. And those people were kindly reminding them, hey, take a step back. My roommate would always, my roommate and I left a space in front of us from when we saw that. So that way we weren't taking up a spot. And if somebody were asking them to go back, 
they had a place to go that still maintained a six foot radius. Some of the queues, I will say, some of the queues did have a portion where it was almost a 12 foot gap. And that was to account for the zigzagging of the queues. And it didn't make sense at first until I understood why. They didn't want to have the queue constantly at six feet because then you had people standing right next to each other that were in the queue of the zigzag, if that makes sense. If it doesn't, you'll see what I mean uh, when you go. So they had to separate that by adding a bigger gap on one side, and then you'd go around the other side, and it was the same story. There's a 12-foot gap. But on areas that it didn't zigzag, it was back to six feet. So it makes sense, um, but it was it was nice. I approve it. I applaud it. I think it's great. And I leave it to the entertainment and tourism and theme park industry to retrain humanity on being safe. As long as you're having fun, you're learning something, and you're more likely to learn when you're having fun. So my roommate reminded me of that. So awesome. So I think that that's good. So anyway, that's my experience. I have just about a minute left here, so let's go ahead and do my fun fact. This is very easy. This is uh, I just thought it was fun. That's it. That's all it is. Snakes can help protect – or no, protect. Snakes can help predict earthquakes. They can sense a coming earthquake from 75 miles away. And that's up to five days before it happens. So again, they can sense a coming earthquake from 75 miles away up to five days before it happens. Pretty cool. So if I ever see a snake that just seems like they're in a panic in an area that's prone to earthquakes, I have my five-day warning. I'm out of there. <laughs> Guys, I, I hope you appreciate the review of the Universal Orlando Resort. If you want to talk to me a little bit more about it in detail, um, by all means, reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to you about it a little bit more in detail. Tomorrow's show going to be really exciting. Tomorrow is officially one month into The Good Question. So I am bringing back a familiar voice to uh, chat with tomorrow's question and just catch up in general. So tomorrow is the one month anniversary of The Good Question. And I am bringing back a familiar voice to help me herald in a special occasion. So I hope you take the time to tune in. Thank you for listening to my rant today. I hope that you all take this to heart and understand that um, the theme park life is a little bit different, but the magic is still there. The magic is still there. Next up is Disney. I cannot wait to see how Disney World responds, and I want to be there just as much as everybody else. So let's keep those fingers crossed and see what happens. All right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Good Question. If you like what you are hearing, make sure you hit that subscribe button on any of those platforms, whichever one you are listening to, so you can get those daily updates whenever the episodes drop. I try to keep new episodes dropping daily, and I'm also giving you that reminder that come July, my release schedule is probably going to drop to about two days a week. We are still going to try to have seven questions and seven fun facts, but it is going to be dropping to the uh, episodes will drop every two day or drop two days per week versus every day per week. So stay tuned on that. I'll give you more of that as the time comes. If you ever want to be on the show, you guys know what you got to do. Just reach out to me. I've got many different ways you can reach me. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can reach me on my anchor.fm site. You can also reach me on the blog farfaraway.com. So reach out and let's have you on the show. Thank you so much for listening again, everybody. I hope that you are enjoying all of the content that I'm bringing to you. And I encourage you to keep asking yourself the good question.
Thanks again. Have a good day. And I will see you all tomorrow.